Hello and welcome to the Points of Brew podcast. Hello and welcome to episode eight of the Points of Brew podcast with me, Stephen Carter. And this week I'm joined by a man who lifts things then puts them back down again, while also at the same time slinging some US juice as well. It's Mr. Charlie Ailing. How are you doing, mate? You okay? I'm very well, thank you. Thanks for having me on. No, no, thank you. It's my pleasure. Thank, thanks for coming on. It's uh, it's good to good to have a, a natter, considering that we've we've only spoke on Instagram. We've not actually spoke like verbally before this point, or actually met before this point, have we? So it's it's nice to. Well, were you at Arundel? I, uh, I lose track of how many people were there. Yeah, I, I was. Yeah, but I couldn't remember if you were there or not. And I can't yeah, remember we, if I actually we spoke there. to you. There were so many people that I met that <laughs> I've subsequently spoken to and be like, "Oh, it'd be great to meet you someday." They're like, "You mean again?" Like, oh, yeah. No. Yeah. Well, I, I I had that moment. Was like, was he or wasn't he? And I, and I couldn't because I, I I think I scrolled back through my messages at one point and just come to see if we actually like had that conversation after it, mm. to see if we'd actually met or not. But I can't I can't actually remember or not. You know, I mean, there's probably a fair bit of stuff that happened on that night that I went that I don't remember either. To be fair. Oh yeah. Mm. Were you were you weekend then or? Yeah, so I had the um I had the Cornish bar with Will, the British beard. We right, had, okay. Uh, the bar upstairs. So if mm. you if you manage to get up to the mezzanine at all, as you get up the stairs, it was the one that mm. was directly in front of you, kind yeah. of at you know yeah, perpendicular well, to the triple hopped bar. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'd went upstairs and I was still chatting to Will for quite a while, and then I ended up speaking to Johnny from Pipeline whilst I was up there for quite a while as yeah. well. But I can't for life I remember speaking to you whilst I were there. Well, we were very rarely there at the same time because mm. we kind of took it in turns on the bar. So I'd go and get some booze from downstairs or yeah. have a walk around and chat to some folk and then we'd do mm. kind of alternate shifts. Yeah. We might have might have just passed one another without actually yeah, knowing about yeah. it then. Yeah. But shifts yeah, in the night. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I pretty much, I thought I'd seen everybody that I knew was there, to be honest with you, because I'd... It's in um, Matt and Tony, and then obviously Mark and Ryan, and that sort of people, and Dave mm-hmm. and what have you. So I thought I'd, I'd, I'd ticked every everyone off the list, but clearly you were the the one that was missing. So because yeah, we're elusive, yeah, yeah. Because um, I mean, I'd, I'd said this before. Because obviously you're you originate from down in Cornwall, that's right, isn't it? Mm. And then yep. obviously when we've been messaging on Instagram, I'd said obviously because we were coming down to to get married, you were due to be down there. But again, we weren't going to be down there at the same time, were we? So again, we were kind of missing each other again. Yeah, we just just missed, mm. I think, by a couple of weeks because we were that weekend. We were intending to be in Copenhagen, which, mm. for obvious reasons, didn't happen. Yeah, 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 inevitable. But, so yeah, know, like uh, uh wedding and subsequent plans to Cornwall now have been delayed till October. So we're still waiting to see if if that happens, which which hopefully, hopefully it will do because by then we might have had a bit more time to settle down and all this settle down. So hopefully I'll be able to get down there. But it was. Um, I watched, uh, did you watch the um, virtual pub club with Dave and Verdant last night? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that, that was interesting to watch because we were we were hoping to obviously go to the, the new brewery and the, the tap room, but obviously last night it kind of said that with this happening, the tap room's not going to be until middle of next year now, didn't he, Adam? So that, were, that was uh, interesting to see that they've kind of halted all those plans on that as well. Yeah, well, I can't imagine there's a huge driver for it. They've got mm. the seafood bar in Falmouth, which yeah. is... You know, a stone's throw away from where the new brewery is. Mm. Five, five, ten minutes in a cab. Yeah. It's a shame for me because the new, the location of the new brewery is, and I've, I looked this up on Google Maps, it's about 900 metres away from my parents' house. Oh, wow. <laughs> so it would have been spectacularly convenient. Perfect. Yeah. 
Yeah. But, I mean, either way, the seafood bar is not a million miles away. Oh so no. Just, you know. I got to think it's it's a great little spot, but like you said last night, it's because it's it's so small, and you know it's it's pretty much the size of a of a postage stamp. It'll be interesting to see how they can open once they can open again, because mm. with staff in there, you know you can probably fit what about ten. Maybe twelve people in there at best at any one time, as in custom yeah. wise. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see if they just open as a as a takeout and you know, well, potentially it actually, like mini bottle shop. Opened on Thursday again as a takeout. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Before the back, before this weekend it opened, and Thursday night they said that they were going to be doing cans to mm. take away from the, the seafood bar, which you know they've got to do what they've got to do. Well, yeah, and another. another outlet for verdant cans is never a bad thing. Oh no, definitely not. And and like I said, the the demand for for kegs pretty much dried up now. So. They've got to get yeah. it out there in some in some capacity, aren't they? So it's yeah. and, and like I said, it's bizarre that I, I find that they're still struggling to get the name about down there. I'm I'm surprised at that. I'm really surprised at that. Yeah, there's not. I mean, other than like James and Will mm. and maybe uh, you know a few select others, there isn't really that much of a scene down there in mm. comparison to the amount of good breweries there are. Yeah, because you've got. You know, Verdant, you've got Pipeline, you've got Padstow with their craft stuff, you've got Black Flag, who I really, really like, mm. uh, Firebrand, who do some really good stuff. Like, there are quite a few breweries, considering how few people there are that are, you know, as into it as we are Yeah, in that well, bit of the world. Yeah, well, that's it. And before I did the, um, the episode with James, I was thinking about, obviously, because I've been to Red Elephant where he works. I went there last year. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking between that and John's in St. Ives, I couldn't think of any other bottle shop that's down there. But then he said they're the, literally two bottle shops in the whole county, which, I, again, I, fi- I find bizarre that there's just two bottle shops down there. Yeah, well, I mean, nowadays, there, there was some... Um, I don't know how much time you spent in Falmouth or when you were last there, but there mm. was a place called Handbar. Yeah, yeah. That's, which that's... I've spoken about ad nauseum. It's, it mm. was my favourite bar ever. Yeah, which very sadly closed on New Year's Eve. Mm, yeah, I'd seen of, that. Uh, New Year's Eve last year. Yeah. Well, the but guy they had a cracking little bottle shop. Yeah, yeah. They, I mean, the guy worked with Verdant now. I think that used to run it, doesn't he? If I'm right in saying that. Yeah, Pete. Yeah, yeah last I heard, he was. Yeah. Because mm, I think he used to run North Bar in Leeds, like way back in the day, or work at North Bar in Leeds at some point. Um, I think I've when I've spoken to him before, so I think he's accustomed to coming up this way. But yeah, again, I've, I've been in the bar there um, and the tap room, so it is a shame that that closed. Because again one of the few sort of bars and, and taps that you could get a decent drink in, wasn't it? So Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But what um, what are you what are you drinking at the moment then? What uh, what are you what are you supping now? So at present, uh, as you as you mentioned when we were kind of warming up for the for the podcast, I've done a, a recent episode with Forrest um, mm. on Hop Talk mm-hmm. where we did some Finback stuff and we couldn't get many of the same cans to do on the live recording. Yeah. And he had one called Whale Watching, which is a beer that Finback brewed for their Whale Watching Festival, which mm-hmm. has been postponed. Um, and I finally managed to get hold of a can of it. So I'm currently drinking the Whale Watching Dipper, which is a DDH dipper. doesn't actually have an ABV on the can. <laughs> oh, yeah, it does. 8.5. So Steady. it's, yeah, Citra, Mosaic, Galaxy, 007 and Nelson. Pretty much what you want, then, and... isn't it, really? Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. <laughs> it's it was canned on. Oh, I can never get these American dates right because they flip the uh, yeah they flip the order. The day is, like, the, day is the middle one, isn't it? Yeah, I think this means the third of April. Right. So it's getting on a little bit. Mm. 
but it still tastes like it's just on just on the cusp of being green. Mm. Like they must have hopped the living hell out of it. Yeah, yeah. I think I think that's pretty much what they all do over there, isn't it? Pretty much hop it yeah. to hop it to death. Because I think anything from you know like Finback, other half equilibrium, it's all hopped to within an inch of life. I think, isn't it? So oh, uh, no, uh, no detriment or disrespect to any of it, but I think that's where most brewers from this country got the the idea and the 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 mm. style and research from is brewers that were were over there so with um well obviously what you're saying there with with you drinking a finback beer and obviously doing the hot mm-hmm. talk podcast with forest as well what what got you into sort of sourcing american beers and how did you get into into sourcing them and trading them and things like that then well they always have this kind of mystique around them and for the longest time I'd wanted to get hold of them and never been able to. Like, I didn't really know how to start out. Mm. Like, I didn't know about trading. You know, I naively assumed that you'd just be able to buy them, which you obviously can't for the majority of them. And I just found it really, really frustrating because there was always this, you know, they had this kind of quality to them. Yeah. That it was, whether it's the scarcity or, you know, just the fact that, you always want what you can't have. And I just mm. hadn't been able to get hold of them. I just like became kind of obsessed with getting hold of them. Yeah. yeah. And then we went to London Craft Beer Festival uh, last year. It was me, Will, uh, the British Beard, and we met up with Nathan, Megahans, and quite a few other beery folk. Mm. And then there was a Finback can launch at All Good Beer in Hackney after that. Right. And we went to that, and they were my first, you know... <laughs> first bought US cans and I, I bought the full set of the Finback ones mm. and, you know, walked away very proud of myself having parted with quite a ludicrous amount of money, yeah. but, you know, thought it was entirely worth it. And then I kind of found my way into the world of trading mm. and was really lucky to be able to get hold of quite a few bottles of things like Mills, right? which at the time I, I kind of just used as currency. <laughs> to swap with a few select individuals for stateside juice bombs. Yeah. 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 No, and, and it's, it's weird how beer suddenly becomes like, like you say, a currency or, you know, a, a means of getting your hands on other things as well, you know, because people are always in, in search of something, aren't they? Yeah. You know, there's always somebody yeah. on Instagram, you know, in search of this or that, but in particular, it does seem to be that the American stuff is held in, probably rightly so, but a bit higher regard than the UK stuff, you know, no disrespect to any of the stuff over here because, you know, we're putting out some great beers here, but mm. they've kind of perfected that, like you say, that style of, you know, hopping beers to a, the it's next also level. The, the reason that it's so heavily traded is because the way they sell beer over there is completely different to the way we sell beer here. Mm. There isn't the same scarcity over the majority of the UK hot bombs because you can just buy it online. Yeah. And pre pre COVID, you couldn't buy other half for Finback online, and now you have to do it for like curbside collections. So mm-hmm. it's not like you can be in California, order it, and it gets delivered to you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like th- there's still a massive issue with actually getting hold of it over there, which I think you know lends to its value. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's not even easy getting beers from from even if you're in America, but in a different state, it's not always, like say, easy to get it from one state to another, is it? It's not just as simple as buying it and getting it shipped, et cetera. It's still... Yeah, no, 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 not at all. Yeah, so it is, you know, it must be incredible hard, you know, incredibly hard for them. And they're not as lucky as what we are to have such densely populated counties or areas that have got so many breweries either, are, we, are they? So they've probably got, you know, a couple of big ones in one state, but then you have to travel 
a fair way to actually get to them and actually collect them. And like you say, without shipping, you know, it makes it makes it even harder. So you can see why that, that scarcity yeah. drives demand. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Forrest and I got into that in, in quite a bit of detail. I was, mm. I was trying to figure out like whether it was like a legislative thing or like what it was that was stopping them doing it. But, you know, it's mm. we are. it made me really appreciate how lucky we are over here to have the, I suppose, I don't want to use the term digital beer infrastructure, but... Mm. You know what I mean? Like that kind of online platform where we can get stuff and a distribution network that allows us to get hold of it in a matter of days. You know, it's fantastic. And I don't I don't think I really appreciated how lucky we are. No. And, in that regard. Yeah. And and like you say, just to just from a, a trading point of view, or you know, from from what I did last week when people were struggling to get hold of the um the triple from north, just being able to pick mm. some cans up, bung them in post and just send them out is yeah. incredibly easy in this country but compared to that over there it's just not that simple is it so like you say we're, no. we're just that easy that we don't have to worry about it getting stopped by borders or you know customs between states or what have you so it's it's incredibly incredibly easy for us here so no it's yeah. it's you know we won't take that for granted anymore i don't think in terms of getting our hands on beer and and i think that's changed like you say the whole covid thing's changed quite dramatically how we actually get hold of beers as well you know in terms of buying online direct from breweries and even bottle shops selling online as well now it's it's changed the whole business model really hasn't it yeah yeah almost overnight mm, yeah and i think that as much as it would be nice to think that we'll have some normality back i think there are probably some elements of it that will stick mm. and for good reasons yeah 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 definitely it's the it's obviously from the festival point of view and the the tap rooms and that sort of thing that will be interesting going going forwards in terms of how they're then subsequently open like obviously the seafood bar in terms of do they do more takeouts do they limit people coming in or only open certain mm-hmm. days etc so that will be that will be very interesting interesting to see so um but with obviously you drinking a lot of american stuff and getting hold of a lot of american stuff but going even further back then what what switched you on to craft beer and how long ago was that what sort of turned turned the turn the light on for you to say yeah I want some more of that yeah so there was the, I think the first beer that I had that you probably it was it was a craft beer then I'm not really sure it's like a a, a cool craft beer now but it was a it was a Sierra Nevada pale mm. like you know just the standard Sierra Nevada pale yeah, yeah. we were going out for some like we went to a barbecue restaurant in Hoxton or something I think it's called Red Dog Saloon mm. and we just stopped somewhere to get a few beers on the way there and up until that point, I just drunk lager, really. Yeah. And we stopped in there, and they had this Sierra Nevada Pale Ale on, and I thought I'll give that a go because mm. I'd heard, I'd like, I'd seen rumblings online about craft beer and IPA and that kind of thing. I thought, well, I'll, I'll just have a half and see how it is. And like immediately, I thought, well, this is very different to anything I've ever had because mm. back then it was, I think it was 2013. Yeah. When I had that. So the scene in the UK was around, but, you know, very young. Like there was no Verdant, there was no Cloudwater. Yeah. There were none of the the cornerstones of our craft beer community today. Mm. So everything I had up to that point had basically been lager. So that uh, Sierra Nevada IPA just changed the game for me completely. Yeah, I didn't really go hook, line and sinker for it immediately. But I tend, like if I saw that from then on, that's what I'd get. Mm. Um, and then there was quite another big turning point, I think in 2000, it would have been 2000, 
15, we went to France with my parents right. to stay with my parents' friends. And we went to the supermarket there and they had some like local French craft brews and they were kind of Abbey style beers, mm. like triples and beer de guards and that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was called Lancelot Brasserie was the local brewery. Right. And again, that was a completely different experience. Like you were getting the kind of Belgian style banana clove kind of yeasty ester driven flavors from them. And it was just, a, you know, another way that I thought, I thought, you know, beer can be different yeah. to what it is that I know as beer. Yeah. Yeah. Th- and then, no, sorry, Gary. No, no. I was going to say, I think that's kind of what most people do, isn't it? You know, in terms of the find something different, like you say, to, to that, if you find something that's more like Belgian or something from Europe, and then making you realize that beer can be more than just what you used mm. to. Yeah. And then, I mean, following on from that, like I, I've been drinking Verdant since it's been available. Mm. Like, you know, at one point they did 330 mil cans and you could get them in a little place in Falmouth called the Bottle Bank. So you could get like Bloom and Headband. And I think they even did Sharks in the 330 mm. can. They definitely did that Royal and Hilux as well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I've been drinking that and getting hold of it as often as I could when I went down to visit my parents. But, you know, I wasn't like feverishly seeking it out. Um, and then we went to Hanbar pre going out for a, a meal one evening when we were down there. And it just so happened to be they had the first ever run of potty on. Right. And I had a, a third of that and then immediately another third and then a few more thirds <laughs> and felt felt pretty sideways pretty quickly. And that that was it. Like it was it was like a switch had been flicked. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean it's so something else putty, isn't it? You know, it's it's mm. quite easily I think Oh yeah, it's one of blurring the lines between beer and porridge in a fantastic yeah. way and and that's the thing that most most beers do now like you say with the with the american stuff but certainly from over here you know blurring the lines between porridge custard beer kind of a blend between yeah. <laughs> a blend between all three but like you say if you're drinking even just thirds of putty after a while it's going to um it's going to send you sideways isn't it after a while <laughs> mm. absolutely yeah. but to actually have that on tap at that hand bar must have been must have been great because it's, it's something that I've never... yeah completely by accident like yeah. not planned didn't know what potty was knew who were and were just thought we'd thought we'd have a go mm. and you know there it was yeah right place right time eh yeah. yeah absolutely no cool it's interesting that you know in terms of ways people get into craft beer you know it's there's a lot of similarities but a lot of differences at the same time like from what you said there you you got you know, you were aware of it, but then you didn't kind of go mad for it until till way down the line. And I think that's that's a, an indicator of a little bit of how far we were behind the curve, really, in craft beer. You know, in comparison to in comparison to America, certainly, for how long they've had it over there, mm. and, and us catching up. I think that's that's you know around that sort of time that you know maybe 2014, 15, 16 sort of time. That's when you know breweries started really pushing to get towards that you know, to get to that parity of, of what the US was putting out there. Because up until then, like you say, a little bit earlier, there wasn't there wasn't much of a market or much knowledge about it at all, was there really? No, I think it's a lot of people watching this. Yeah. It's, it's kind of... I say it's come out... If I say it's come out of nowhere, mm. I don't really mean that. But, you know, there, there does seem to have been a very rapid ascension mm. of it. And I don't know if that's just because 
I'm spending more time with the kind of UK craft beer community now, or whether it genuinely is absolutely booming, mm. but it certainly seems that yeah. way. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And it's kind of everywhere you look. Well, yeah, and you can't you can't really avoid it. And and certainly in in the short the shorter time that I've been sort of drinking craft beer, but it's probably about four years, four and a half years now. But mm. even in just that four and a half years, looking at what I drank then to now, but then also what breweries have come up in the meantime is just there's so many brewers that have popped up out of nowhere, like you like say not out of nowhere essentially, but that you didn't necessarily know about before, but then have you know, kind of try to jump on the bandwagon essentially and, you know, make a, a brewery and a success out of what is a is a very lucrative market if you, you hit the nail on the head. So it's interesting. I mean what I have noticed I don't know if this is a recent thing or whether this has always been the case and I've just not been aware of it, but breweries now seem to be able to establish themselves as credible really quickly. Mm. So if you look at someone like Alpha Delta, who I think their first like commercial brew came out in like November last year with that Ion beer that they had on Premier Hop and they had Ether as well, which was the, it was an Imperial Milk yeah. Stout. And off the back of those two releases, they're now something that like, you, you that you actually actively seek out mm. you know from, from two beers yeah initially which is you know it's it's crazy that they've been able to do that in a few months but you know it shows that if there's the passion and the quality that the community is you know ready to ready to adopt yeah it. well this is it isn't it and, and it's down to the ultimately the, the quality of the product but but like you say obviously how quickly they get that a to market but b in people's eye lines and obviously getting them to enjoy it you know some breweries will be lucky and fortunate that they can get it right first time pretty much but if you like you say if you look mm. at other breweries i.e verdant for example how long they were going for before they got to that point how long adam and, and james are home brewing and brewing on a smaller scale before they got to the point where they're at now that was several years in the making obviously we you know we don't know how long alpha delta have been doing that in the background but like you say to go to their first yeah. commercial beers launching sort of back end of last year to then i've got one of their beers in the fridge at the moment the citra double ipa i think it is oh yeah Atlas. yeah yeah i've got that in the fridge yeah. um and i'd not necessarily been aware of them before but you know i'd seen people hyping about them and, and, and raving about them and then inevitably i had to pick it up so it's interesting to see how, how quickly that has you know turned around for them or how quickly they've got that to be so on that on that particular beer Atlas. Yeah, have you had it? No, before? no, I've I've not had it before. No, because this is their their second right. run of it, and the first run of it was absolutely stunning. Mm. Like I genuinely think it's the closest thing I've had to the you know Parish Ghost in the Machine, mm. like the kind of quintessential textbooks all Citra yeah. dipper. Like it's the it's the closest UK equivalent I've had mm. to that. So I'm really excited to see what the second mm. run of that's like. Yeah, I mean, I I pick a lot of beers up just for the cans because it looks nice. And sounds nice, you know. I didn't even realize that they'd brewed it before, yeah. so I'll be interested to see if I perceive it to be as nice as what people sort of liked the first the first run of it. But yeah, it's like you mm. say to to how quickly some beers are becoming or breweries are becoming established. Sorry, and how quickly they're getting the names out there is is quite quite fascinating, but surprising as well, really, in terms of building a name and a fan base as quick as they are. It's 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 quite surprising, but again with obviously this what well, this is going on i suppose this kind of this situation in some ways might help with people spending more time at home and and seeking more beers out potentially it might it might play to the strengths a little bit obviously not with the the brewing side of it essentially you know with the with the difficulties of face there but 
with getting it into people's minds and you know people seeing it online maybe that will give them a bit more opportunity to to spread the name a little bit further so we'll see we'll see um and then just one other thing that i was going to mention as well obviously you have your own account which is where you do most of your your food bits and your your lifting your bits in your garage but you also run craft can gang as well um so how long how long has that been going for now so the actual craft gang gang account has been going for quite a Mm. long time i think it's two years um i came on board with it in november because i in a real freak circumstance met nikki who's the craft can gang kind of owner Mm. if you will and the the bloke who started it and i think he used to run it with a couple of his friends um and we met in a real freak incident in adatha um where i was sat in a a craft, the only craft beer bar on the side of the island we yeah. were on, scrolling through Instagram, waiting for my food and drink mm. to arrive. And a picture popped up that looked like it had been taken mm. behind me because I recognised like a yeah. plant or something <laughs> in the background. And I think I told that, I think I said this on, um, I said this on mm. Forest Podcast yeah, yeah. as well, but you know, I turned around and tapped him on the shoulder and I was like, is this you? And he was like, yeah. He's like, well, I've been following you for a while. <laughs> How weird. And then we went out for, it was, it was yeah. so odd. And, you know, we chatted for a, a few minutes then and then we arranged to meet up later in the week and go back to that bar and sink a few, sink a few beers and chew mm. the fat. And then a couple of months later, he asked me if I wanted to kind of come on board with the, with the account yeah. with him. It's, it's, it's... So that's where I post the majority of my, yeah. Content now, it's, yeah. it's weird how you can go you know a few thousand miles or whatever it is away from from home and still end up meeting somebody that's a from the same country but b also that you follow and see likes the same things as you as well it's this it's times yeah. like that that you realize it's just actually such a small world isn't it you know it's it's incredible so yeah but that's a, that's a really cool cool way of doing it you know in in terms of it's not just you've known each other forever and liked beer forever it's just a random you know a random occurrence that's that's happened and then oh yeah t- mm. total accident total accident but you know we despite the fact we've i think we've only met in person like three mm. times like we speak every day and he's like definitely one of my best mm. friends and it was it just it just shows you that <laughs> chance chances oh, are yeah, funny thing. definitely and you can also you know build friendships around what you do on on instagram and things like that as well isn't it you know and I think that's the the beauty of the Instagram community that's that's come to the fore in in recent you know recent times with COVID is you know the the people that you meet online, but then also the the friendships that you build around it as well. You know the people that I've certainly met from from Arundel and and seemingly yourself included, or maybe not from from what I can or can't remember. Yeah. <laughs> um, from there, it's just it's incredible. You know the people that you stay in touch with, and then subsequently end up meeting meeting up with again and, and arranging to meet up with again it, it's crazy isn't it it's it's, it's... well i mean you, you come for the bit you stay for the yeah. people don't you like I, I don't think i'd be anywhere near as interested in the scene as i am if the people weren't so no. great no no and for me i was a bit sort of hesitant about going going to arundel from after winning tony's giveaway to win the tickets because i mean a, it's a, a hell of a long way for us to go from from Leeds down to to Arundel, pretty much Brighton, mm-hmm. and then B because I'd not really met anybody before either. So I think the only person that I'd met in person that was down there was Ryan, um, and that was only because I'd been to pick some beers up from his giveaway that I won last year or the year before. I can't remember when it was now. Yeah. Um. So I'd actually not really met anybody in person. I'd 
I think I was in the seafood bar at the same time as Will once when we were down on holiday last year. But again, I've not actually seen him to talk to. Um, so yeah, but it's it's crazy how, like, say the people make make the community such, and it's such a good space as well in terms of there's not really any negativity or any you know any aggro surrounding it. Everyone just seems to get on, and you meet somebody for the first time, yeah. and then just seem to get on with them like you've you've known them forever, which is very bizarre but also very sort of warming as well i think you know as as with all online communities there are little pockets of toxicity mm. but i think in this one in particular it's really easy just to swerve that yeah. entirely you know it's entirely possible just to associate with like-minded you know positively adjusted mm. people yeah and that's you know that's that, that's what makes this community beautiful yeah, really. exactly again i think that's that community comes through and ensures when People are, you know, jumping on with virtual pub club, etc., and then subsequently from that arranging meets at the at the new um, uh, day of tap room when this is all over. You know, I think everyone just piggybacked off the back of that when they were saying they were still planning on opening that, and everyone from Arundel pretty much piled on saying, "Shall we have a reunion down there?" And then everyone just like, "Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes, yes." And again, just to to have that and see the same people and and mingle with them some people again would be would be great and incredible, and hopefully fingers crossed we'll, we'll be able to do that but we will see once we once we know more about where we're going and things so we'll uh, we'll have to see if we can yeah looking forward to hearing from uh, king yeah, boris tomorrow I'm, I, in some way i'm looking forward to it but i'm also hoping that people still realize that we still just need to stay inside for a little while longer that's the most frustrating thing yeah it's just so annoying that people like they, this weekend in particular it's been so nice as it is now as we record on the on the bank holiday weekend Yesterday was an incredible day, which was intended for the celebrations VE day, which is a, a terrible shame that we couldn't do that, given how nice it was. But then people that are still travelling to the coast and driving down to Cornwall and Devon and et cetera, et cetera, it's just like, just stay inside. Just what are you doing? It's, yeah. just, it's just so frustrating. Well, like our, our estate yesterday, everyone put bonding outside mm. the houses and dragged all their, you know, their garden furniture out to the, mm. the front. And we had like a almost like a cul-de-sac, socially distanced V-Day yeah. celebration. Mm. It was great. Like, you can talk to people the same way that you can talk to them if you were slightly closer than mm. two metres. But You don't <laughs> but need to be. <laughs> it, it was fine. No, it's just, I, you know, people just don't like, their, people don't like having their liberties compromised, no. do they? And I, I get that to an extent, but also there's, yeah, it's in, when when we look back on this in a few years, the people who just couldn't wait to go on their little breakdown to Cornwall or whatever are probably going to feel mm. very silly because it's going to bring a lot of things into yeah. perspective. And that's the thing. It's, it's like you say, it's it's hard on everybody. It's not just it's affecting certain people. It, it's hard on everybody from people that have either lost jobs or been furloughed or, you know, they can't go out of the house from a, a physical or a mental health well-being. It's, it's had an impact on everybody, but it's just damaging themselves and everybody around them by just ignoring the rules. And the longer people do that, the longer it's going to be the same. And like you say, the when we look back and it comes out, you know, people end up losing friendships over it. That's the way I look at it. And, and you can see why, and, you know, and, and certainly yeah. from friends and family point of view, it's if they know that they've flouted the rule, the, you know, the rules and gone out and done something, it's, it's really going to upset a lot of people. So but we'll, uh, that's a that's a that's a subject for a, another podcast and a, and a political podcast rather than a, rather than a craft beer podcast anyway. Yeah. So um, I think we'll we'll wind this uh, we'll wind this section up. 
um, and then we'll come back and, and have a look at a few beers that you've been drinking recently, and then we'll we'll crack on from there. Brilliant. Right, so welcome back. Welcome to part two. Um, we'll have a look at what we've uh, what we've been drinking, which I imagine Charlie is uh, is inevitable. Some more uh, some more US juice, but I believe before we do that, you've you've just opened another can as well. So what what have you what have you cracked open for for this one? Yeah, so sticking on the US theme, I've got an other half, and this is the uh, mosaic and now I can never pronounce this, but I'm going to give it a go. Uh, Motueka. <laughs> All right, okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know that one, the Southern yeah. Hemisphere, jolly. <laughs> yeah. um, DDH, 8.5%, just those two hops in it. Mm. Um, really strange, actually. It's, it's, yeah. re- it's lovely. It's got that kind of classic silky other half kind of mouth velvet thing yeah. going on. But with like, it's Motueka, and I, I think I get this to an extent with things like Ruaka as well. I get kind of like mm. a savoury, almost like a bacon type flavor from them but specifically oh. like frazzles all right okay yeah, yeah. and it's that and it's kind of banana and a bit blueberry because of the mosaic but you mm. know I, I have no idea how they managed to balance this and make it work but it just does it's mm. you know straight up yeah. and down fantastic oh yeah it's um it's interesting that they've used the the, the matuika as, as i pronounce it but i think it's just all guesswork isn't it with no, pronunciation yeah, really but but yeah but uh, certainly from a from their point of view, it's it's an interesting hop to use, but again, that's kind of the the interesting nature of, of craft beer and kind of the the beauty of it is that everyone gets something a little different from from every hop. You know, it's yeah. it's uh, it's it's why why we're in the game ultimately, isn't it? That that one person gets one thing, but you can drink the same beer and get something com- completely different. So yeah, so yeah it's uh, with, with that in mind. Then what's the uh, what's the first beer that you want to you want to mention that you've drunk recently? So the first one, and actually surprisingly, this might be the only US one on this list. All right. Um, it's, a, it's a Finback beer again, and it's one that I had yesterday. It's called Meridian. Mm-hmm. So this is one that I've been kind of talking to Forrest about, you know, just on, on the old Instagram DMs. And he's like, if, if you can get one, get hold of it, because this is like yeah. classic quintessential Finback. And I think it's one they've done a few times and that, you know, they keep bringing it back. Mm. And it was like, when I think of Finback, I think of kind of grassy, quite dank, a little bit savoury, some like real pithy bitterness at the back end. Yeah. Like not too sweet, like really makes you want to, it's quite quite sweet up front, but there's, you know, there's no sweetness on the finish, which makes you want to go back and drink more of it. And that is mm. what I associate with Finback. And this is just, on Meridian, it's just like a can full of that. Yeah. It's you know, it's fantastic. I did I did it yesterday. It was a fun like fantastic day. I think it was like twenty two ish degrees. Mm. We were sat out in the garden and I was just supping on that like a like a pig and shit really. <laughs> I suppose so is, this, is this a family podcast? Are we? <laughs> no, no, you're all right. It's cool. Okay. It's cool. I think as as long as there's no sea bombs flying about, I yeah, think I think no. we're all right. I think we're all right. Um, but yeah, I think that's the the beauty of it is when when they get it right and it's as drinkable as it is, you know, despite its strength or its flavour, if it goes down easier, I think that's the when they've hit the nail on the head. It's mm. it's something nice that you can sit and drink in the sun because some of these, by rights, you wouldn't want to drink if you were sat in the sun because they'd be a bit heavy. You know, they won't be as as you know maybe as as sessionable or as refreshing as they are. But to get one that does all the above but is is easy to knock back as well, that's that's kind of when they've 
They've yeah. got everything right, isn't it? I suppose. Yeah, balance. I think balance is really underrated. Mm. Yeah. Definitely. I think that there are a lot of people that kind of associate balance fears with not not being particularly stand out. Mm. I think that in some ways that can be a compliment to a beer. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. No, 100%. You know, it, does, it doesn't need to be, like you say, um, it's best in class or, you know, a standout beer. But that's that's not a disrespect, is it? You know, it's not a case of it's that's a detriment to the beer, but it's it's an understated sort of... Well, it's kind of, or just it, a description in it really well it just kind of gets at the thing that more isn't always better better yeah. is better mm, so yeah, yeah. a better balanced beer is going to be better than you know a, a more hopped beer if that yeah. makes sense just, yeah yeah just chuck as much in as you can you yeah know, it's, it doesn't always work that way does it no it really doesn't yeah and that's the, i guess that's the sign of you know, not not to, again to any disrespect to anybody, but the sign of a a more intuitive, shall we say, brewer that that knows when enough's enough, that yeah. they know what they're putting in in what quantity and when, and in balance with other ingredients as well to make sure that the beer is perfectly balanced and well rounded. Beyond, let's just chuck a shed load of hops in it and see what happens, and you know, just make a a juice bomb, and that might work. It, it might work, but I suppose in terms of knowing that the balance of flavour profiles, the ingredients, the temperatures, the timings, etc. I suppose that's more the the skill of it rather than just, you know, just chucking the shit at the wall and see how much of it sticks. Really. Yeah, I'm sure like to an extent in the in the brewing world, and I, I speak now from absolutely zero experience, mm. so I may be entirely wrong, but, you know, hops seem to be quite an expensive ingredient. Yeah. And I think, you know, as tempting as it must be just to be able to lob every hop in the bag at a particular batch just, you know, to be the hoppiest mm. because that's what the market seems to think that it wants at the minute. Mm. You know, it's it's probably good that that cost constraint is there. Yeah. Definitely. Because I think without it, like if, if hops were as cheap as, all, you know, like malt or water, then everything would be hopped to within an inch of its life. Yeah, and you know, I, d- I don't think we'd have the balanced, great beers that we have today. No, definitely not. And to a certain extent, if they were cheaper and probably to a certain extent more readily available, that would have probably been done to death already, because that's probably what. Oh, has, yeah, that's we'll on to the next thing. Yeah, because that's probably what has been the restricting factor of beers that have gone even slightly further back in terms of maybe ten or fifteen years ago that's probably what's put people off using them in such great quantities just because of the cost of them and the availability of them, which now we're in probably a more available state of, of the world in terms of you can get hops easier and the cost probably reduced because they're going in more quantity and it's easier to go than people getting more familiar yeah, with them, They found loads of different ways of processing them yeah, to get more, exactly. more of the flavour compounds out of them. Yeah. And, you know, they're innovating all the time, but there's definitely more availability i'd say than mm. there ever was yeah and i think adam last night it, one of the things that i kind of picked up on last night was that when he was saying about using the um the centrifuge of their new brew kit that's usually a way for breweries to get more yield from their hops whereas he mm-hmm. was saying that's to get it you know in terms of more yield and in turn more cans and more kegs etc but for them it was a way of getting more you know for them the the here and now is getting more flavour and making the beer better than a fat, you know, a way of producing more beer. And again, that's 
that that to me is the way to go about it is in terms of trying to get a better beer than just producing more beer. Yeah, I mean, it's a classic kind of quality versus quantity, mm. isn't it, on that one? Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I think, you know, the, there was inevitably going to be a, a sort of a time for Verdant where they had to get used to the new brew kit, which he, he kind of touched on last night. And it's, and it's inevitable. You, you, can't, you can't go from the small blue unit that they had to then uh, a shiny new kit that's, what, say, three or four times bigger than what they had. You can't go from yeah. one to the other without a, a transition phase. So it'll be interesting to see when they're when they're up to speed and they've they've got the knack and the handle of the new kit. What they what that can then do to the beers that they've already put out there that have already blown people away and things. You know, like with putty, when they blow when the when the brew brew putty on the new kit, what that's like in comparison to what it was coming off the the old the old yeah. kit. So it'll be uh, interesting times certainly to see what I think the... you know given given that they couldn't can for a really long time mm. and the fact that they've quadrupled their capacity and gone to a completely new kit I think how few snags they've had is quite remarkable yeah 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 and what they've turned out so far I mean I've seen a few people doing things like drain pouring gusts and mm. some people saying that it's more you know more of that kind of verdant vegetalness yeah. like nothing I've had from them has been anything less than absolutely stellar mm. And I'm a Verdant fanboy through and through because, yeah. you know, I've, that's what I've grown up with yeah. in the Cornish craft beer scene. So there's, there's definitely some bias there. But mm. I think like when I've tasted the, you know, stuff off the new kit back to back with some of the stuff from the other fantastic breweries mm. from England and beyond, like it, it definitely hits the mark. Yeah. And the thing is, with obviously you being a, a Verdant fanboy and, and certainly from my point of view, being a Verdant fanboy from loving Cornwall and having a, a Cornish brewery as good as they are, you know, it's the two, mm. it's the two things that I, I love, but from, but even if you, you would have said the same, but could there be nothing to say that if you didn't, and you know, you did enjoy it, say that you wouldn't enjoy it. So, but again, it's that flavour profile, isn't it? Different people get different things out of a beer, and certainly, you'll get a beer that's, in your mind, not any different to what they used to put out there. But somebody might get something completely different from there. But by the same token, if it's just a, a small minority, then it's probably nothing necessarily to do with the actual finished product, is it really? You know, if there were more people saying that, then you might understand that it might be a bad batch if it was not just a pocket of people that are saying it, but. Again, it's just down to individual interpretation, I suppose, in some ways, isn't it, really? Yeah, I mean, not everyone's going to like everything. No. And there have been a few beers that I've had that have been, you know, if you believe on tap, that have been world-beatingly good beers. And I've just really not been that impressed with mm. like some of the Trilliums I've had. Yeah. I mean, Trillium generally are a great brewery. I've, it's, it's no shade on them, but I had like a Citra cutting tiles at Christmas mm. and I, I gave it to my mum. I was like, I just... I'm not a fan of this. It's too sweet. Mm. There's there's something about this that I just don't get on yeah. with. But I acknowledge that that's not a fault of the brewery. That's just personal. It's taste, not suited it? to my palate, mm. you know, and not suited to my palate at that time. Yeah. But there have been so many occasions where I've had a beer that is objectively considered as a great beer, but it's been preceded by something else. Mm that has kind of ruined the experience for me. And, you know, you've just got to take that into account, you know, it's, which is why I, you know, I, I do take on tap ratings and things with a bit of a pinch of salt. Yeah, 100%. Um, but I also acknowledge the, you know, the, the, the flaws of trying to 
trying to you know give something an overall rating on a really subjective experience yeah Yeah, yeah. i always kind of in a way don't want to rate a beer on untapped but then inevitably do because just for the sake of giving it a number but again it's that what makes a beer a four to a four two five or even now the the investors or the early adopters of the app can then go into like a, a point ten scale as well. So you can give it like a four point one or a four point two. It's just yeah. it's just watering down the, the scale and the spectrum even more, isn't it? And like you say, I've I don't really use untapped as a barometer. I use it more as a, a means of checking in things that I've had so I can keep track of it a little bit. I usually more yeah. go off Instagram in in terms of who's had it, what did they say about it and cross-reference what they thought about certain beers with what I've drunk and what did they say about it because then I, I know what people usually like compared to what they don't like and if the sim- the tastes are similar to mine then I know they're probably going to like similar beers to me so if they like a beer that I'm looking at buying then I was like well I'm probably going to enjoy it then because I liked you know ABC beer as well and I, I value that more over just like you say a, a, a menial rating and a number scale on, on untapped which i guess they have to have just to to have it but by the same token it's like yeah. you say it's it's just it's just subject to individual interpretation and personal tastes and preferences that change at certain times of the year and certainly as time goes by in, in terms of what beer they drink and, and what beers styles that they're, they're liking at a certain time of, of year and taste change at the end of the day don't they so you might end up liking one style and then going off of it and picking something else up at another point in time well yeah and it's something that i've kind of reconciled for myself recently that exact thing like i i now think of it as a snapshot of how i felt about something in Mm. time like i recently went back and i was looking at everything i've given like a five and at one point i gave brewdog hazy jane a five and i was like oh i'm gonna need to mark that down and i thought well no because at the time with what I'd had before, how I felt on the day, I obviously didn't think that that could have been any better, mm. which is, you know, I was only working on the information that I had at the time. So I, I don't think it's right to go back and change that kind yeah. of thing because it does represent, you know, a, an accurate snapshot of how I felt about that particular beer. Yeah, 100%. And, and I think there's a lot to say about A, how the beer is served in, in terms of if you drunk it at home, in out of a can or is it a tap room in a glass in a matching glass and you know what sort of glass etc but again location as to where, you, where you're drinking it are you drinking it inside when it's cold are you drinking it outside when it's warm tap room brewery with friends family whatever there's there's so much that goes isn't in, into it isn't there in terms of the actual perception of the beer and in a way the, the psychology interpretation of it as well beyond just it's a beer out of a can or a bottle or out of a tap so it's it's that it's that moment, isn't it, really, that you, you're reviewing as much as anything? Yeah, you are kind of preserving moments of untapped. I think that's, I don't think people really think of it mm. like that a lot of the time, but that's really it. Mm. Yeah, exactly. And, and a, a beer for me, that if I was drinking socially in the summer, for example, out in a, a tap room or a beer garden, and it's a, a sour beer, which I usually go for in the summer but then I dial that back and drink it on my own in winter out of a can, then I'm probably going to give it a different score because, again, it's it's just how you're viewing it mm. at the time. So, again, it's just all it's all, all down into an individual interpretation, I suppose. So um, what's the the second beer that you uh, you wanted to mention, Charlie? Well, this, this is an accidentally perfect segue mm. because it's a sour. Right, okay. 
Now, I have got into sours, and I'm not exaggerating mm. now, in the past two days. Right, okay. Like, I had viewed sours before as something that people that liked wine mm. drunk and as currency. Yeah. So I've, I've probably had, and some people are going to be really mad at this, so please excuse me, I was a, I was a moron. <laughs> I've probably had 30 or 40 bottles of Mills in the past mm. year, and I've drunk none right, of them. Okay. I just used it as currency to get hold of hops. Mm. Now, I know that some people frown upon that, totally understand it. Um, you know, it's just kind of how the market works. Yeah. Like that, that's how trading works. You get something someone else wants, they have something you want. You know, I'm sorry for the people that missed out on Mills because I used it to trade. <laughs> but like, <laughs> so to, no, yesterday, I cracked a bottle of Burning, no, was it yesterday? Yeah, it was yesterday. The Burning Sky Saison Anniversaire. Mm-hmm. Because I thought I'm going to actually try sours. Yeah, I've got to get into this. Like I've never been a fan of wine, so I was always a little bit put off by them because they're that kind of tart, like acidic Venus. This is how I perceive yeah. them anyway. So I had that yesterday, and then today I thought I'm going to take a swing at something on my my Mills rack yeah. and just see if I've got an adult enough palate for it yeah. yet. So Katie and I cracked a bottle of the new version of picture pot which i think is the blend two mm-hmm. so this is one of their dry hopped sours like big 750 ml bottle and it was absolutely glorious like we we had it with we had it with food so it was quite it was quite a nice experience mm. pairing it because we had some kind of heavy cheesy quiche that katie made that was insane <laughs> with this like really zesty lemony kind of pithy sour tart meals yeah. And like again, like when when we talk about you know, the other elements that contribute to the experience of a beer, like it was twenty odd degrees outside, we were sat in the sun on our patio, like eating great food, sipping this yeah. lovely tart acetic mills, and you know the whole experience was great. So I'm going to have to give it a five, and and that's why it's the the second one yeah. on the list. No, and it, it, and also I, I'd like no, sorry, no, carry. no you, you carry on, go carry on what you say. I can say I feel that I need to mention it because I feel such an idiot for it never really occurring to me that I could drink Mills yeah. before. I always just, you know, had it on the rack as like someone's going to want this at some point when I want yeah. some hops. It was it was never something that I saw as being something that I could drink myself mm. and enjoy. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's interesting, really. I suppose, and in some ways that 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 has never crossed your mind to to try it in all those times that you've had it and certainly from from my point of view it's a brewery that I've I've never had a sour by them before and it's something that I've not purposely bypassed but something that I don't you know try and get hold of but to to have that sort of light bulb moment I suppose for you just a couple of days ago trying that and then it's a complete new style that you've you've never really touched to then opening the opening the floodgates really for beyond just your, your hoppy beers that you've had in in the past oh yeah I I cannot wait to spend way too much money mm, on salads yeah, now. This... They're, you know, they're a, they're a very expensive rabbit yeah. hole, I think, once you start getting into stuff like Canty. Mm, I was going to say, that that sort of style in particular, you know, when you're getting into the, the big green bottles that are served out of a basket sort of sour, that's that's when the, the money starts mm. getting a little bit silly, I think. But even just a, a sour by any any other brewery, you know, it's, it's not probably going to be on the same scale as that. I'm not as, as naive to to even suggest it but even a, a sour on a on a warm summer's day is just again it's just that 
eye-opening experience of this is what beer can be. You know, it's it's just changing your perception of beer is not just a beer. It's not just served flat and warm out of a cask, you know, with a with a, a thick, creamy mm. head. It can be a whole different number of things from a sour to a, a hoppy beer or whatever. But certainly for me in the summer, if you get a sour beer that is just right, you could quite easily just sit and drink and drink and drink. And it is just like drinking either fizzy pop or just juice. It's it's so it's yeah. such a different sort of style of beer that is just a different I've got to say when it comes to quality, like I've maybe perceived a ten percent difference in quality between the mills and the mm. burning sky. So that that you know that's like a negligible yeah. difference, really. But when it comes to drinking mills, like there's the there's the mystique around it because it's really mm. small backed. It's really hard to get hold of. And then there's like the actual theater of opening it because it's both corked yeah. and capped. So, you know, you get, you get the cork screw out, you kind of pull the cork out and then you get all the kind of smoke come off the top of it. And it's like, it is, it's a multi-sensory yeah. experience as knobby as no, that no, sounds. It's, it's... But like the whole, the whole thing of it was, it's fantastic. Like really yeah. good. But I mean, I have to give a shout out to the burning sky now because for like 12 quid for that bottle, you know, if, to get that close to what mm. mills do for that price point is a godsend. Yeah. I think from what a lot of people have been saying and the, the talk and quote unquote hype surrounding burning sky at the moment is that they're, they're one of the, the, the main people and breweries that are getting this, this sort of style done at the moment, aren't they? You know, it's, they're mm. pushing the sours, the, the fermented, the barrel aged stuff, they're a bit more funky and experimental. So for the more European style, like you say, the Cantillon sort of style of beer, they're the ones that are really pushing ahead with that and, and nailing it really. And and again, they're, they're not a brewery that I've had much of them by, but it's getting to that time of year now and, and with ordering more online and staying at home, potentially when, when the weather starts getting a bit nicer towards the middle of the summer, if they've got anything coming out similar to this, then certainly it'll it'll be something that'll be on my radar to, to sit in the sun and, and just sup a, a bottle of that, certainly, because it's must be such a, an easy drinker as well. And again, that's the that's the beauty of it, isn't it? The easy drink, but like you said, the theatre of it as well. It's it's that from like a yeah, it feels yeah. like an occasion. It really does yeah, feel exactly. like an occasion. It's not, just a, it's not just another can or another run-of-the-mill bottle, is it? It's it's something special to to maybe hold on to for a little bit of a you know a bit of time or to age it a little bit or whatever you whatever you want to do with it. But oh, I'm going to drink that because of X, Y, Z. Then I'm just drinking it because it's in my fridge or in my cellar. Mm. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, so with with that in mind, then what's your third beer that you wanted to you wanted to mention? The third one, and I hope no one's mentioned it on this podcast yet, but it's the, because I've, I've listened mm. to most of them, but I haven't listened to the most recent one yet, but it's the Cloudwater, My Continuous okay. Improvement, the super hyped pastry mm. stuff. No, it's not, no. The ones that were, it, no, is, is it not fantastic? No, well, it's not been mentioned on here. No, it's not well, been mentioned on here is what I was going to say. It's not been, it's not been mentioned okay. on here, certainly not, no, no. Brilliant. Well, it's not exactly a word exclusive because I think quite a few people have had mm. it now, but what a yeah. beer that is. It is totally unlike anything I've ever had. It's like the, the only way I could really think of describing it, and I had it, so Ryan is in the bearded beer bloke. 
and I, we did like a bit of a Skype call yesterday mm. or a Zoom yeah, yeah. call and we, we had three of the same beers. So we thought we'd just kind of sync up yep. on those three and see what we thought. So we did another half of Finback and then the, the cloud water stout. And the only way I could think to describe it to him yesterday was like, if someone took the ganache out of the middle of one of those Lindor mm. truffles and then blended it with a little bit of soy sauce, <laughs> like that's what you would get. It was kind of like roasty, salty, savory, just in the yeah. background. But then it was just like a mouthful of liquid right. chocolate. It was absolutely insane. No hint of 11% mm. on it. Like there's no... No booze to it at all. I mean, the, the closest beer I've had to it, and I'd, I, I say beer and use that term very loosely, was the Hershey's chocolate syrup on the Apollo thing that they had at Friends mm. and Family. And I think that was probably 60% chocolate syrup with some kind of extra reduced work yeah. in it or something. But yeah, it was really unlike anything I've ever had. And I'm so lucky to be able to have, you know, not just one can of it, but a couple. I'm just going to save them and celebrate yeah. with them at time. Yeah, no, definitely. And looking at just, just scrolling through the untapped, I've just seen that Ryan was five out of five, then Neil from Triple Hopped, five out of five, and then you're the next one, and that's five out of five. It's, it's, yeah. it's so many people can't be wrong. Yeah, I think it's currently sat at 4.6 mm. out of five, which it's is all right. Again, untapped <laughs> scores, pinch of salt. That's that's like a world-leading yeah. score. That is, it's mm. incredible. And the thing is, for me, for a, I appreciate what they are with stouts, but I still, I still can't quite get into them. And I think I just need to, rather than necessarily buying cans of it, just somewhere that's got them on, as in like a, a bar or a tap room or something, and starting with something or trying something like this, that is just more, mm. just like drinking, like you say a truffle or chocolate or More something pastry, like that yeah. because I said this yeah. on a previous podcast the the three main flavors that really come in stouts in terms of the smokiness the coffee or peanut butter that sort of thing I'm not into because I don't like any of that so to to have something yeah. that's a little bit different and I think it was the wire from this is my beer account he said the same try pastry stout something like this then you might appreciate them a little bit more because they're not the other you know you don't get as many of the other flavor profiles that you you might expect from them so it's something that i want to try a bit more of but i wouldn't commit to buying a full can of it because if i had a full can like that and cracked it and didn't like it it'd be a waste drinking it on my own because i'd end up just pouring it and that's a terrible shame for what otherwise would be to another person a phenomenal beer i mean i'm very lucky in the sense that i've Mm. got katie as in you know at hazy underscore yoda my my girlfriend to split all of mm. my beer with. So like when I'm opening a can, it's not like I'm actually committing to drinking yeah. the whole thing. Like I'm not sure. I mean, I'm sure I, like I said, I could have done that whole 11% stout yesterday, but you know, I just, there are very few beers that I want to drink that much yeah. of in one go. Like I've, when I'm having a bit of a session, I'd much prefer to have more variety and less mm. of each. So I totally get yeah. where you're coming from. Yeah, it's 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 definitely something that you couldn't drink much of beyond that, isn't it? Really, you know, once you've once you've sucked that, that I think to me that'd be the the indicator of the end of a night or an end of a session once you once you've drunk something like that. Because it's well, now this is this is a mistake that I made for a really long time in thinking that I had to save all my staff mm. for the end of a session. But normally, when when I think about how I 
drink beer, which is, you know, once every few weeks, I have quite a few cans a day for a couple of days. And me and Katie have some lovely food and like just kind of chill out and enjoy ourselves a bit. Take a break from yeah. the normal routine. It's like by the time I get to the end of a session, we've split, you know, 10 to 12 cans between us of hazy stuff. We've had, you know, a gut full of like beer snacks <laughs> and garbage food. It's like, do I really want to chew down a 10 plus percent mm. stat yeah, yeah. now? And most of the time, I always assumed that at the end of the session, I'd be like, yeah, I'm really up for this now. And then yeah. it just never was. And I could never, I could, <laughs> despite all the evidence being there in front of me, I just could never figure out mm. why I didn't want it. So, you know, recently I've been trying to do, when we're having a few drinks, I try and have a stout like in the middle of the session because I do find it easier to kind of stomach them before I've, you know, had a big dinner, for example, because they are quite rich and quite filling and quite dense. And, you know, some people say they'd struggle to go back to something like a hoppy beer after a stout. You know, luckily I don't have that problem. I can I can switch between mm. quite happily. And, and like you say, I suppose if you're not committing to the full can as well, that, that helps as well, doesn't it? In, in effect, you're not Yeah, you're not that definitely a... helps, yeah. Yeah, the, the volume mm. thing is really important. So I always say this from a, a point of view, if you have a pint potentially of a, a New England or if you have a, a 440 mil of a, a potentially particular heavy or strong or hoppy New England or something that's quite thick and juicy once you've had that for me if I have a couple of them that that sometimes does me in it's it's that once I've committed to that it's no I can't drink another one of them or I'm I'm pretty much getting to the end of what I can drink anyway so it's it's not surprising that once you've had several beers that towards the end of a session that you're not you're not particularly wanting to stomach a, a huge stout like that as well yeah, I mean, this is like, I'd say the start of my journey on sours coming back to the mills before, like I, I kind of had an inkling that I might have a, like a use case mm. for them. Because when we were at friends and family, I was like, I was getting a bit, yeah. a bit hopped out. Like I'd just been smashing stuff from Finback and, you know, you had your guaranteed pour of monkish and whatever. And I'd just been getting a face full of hops for hours. And Anthony is in Stu's Brews and Reviews on Instagram. I was like, why don't you try a sour? See if you can wake mm. your palate up a bit. So I went and got like, I think it was like a Fontaflora. They're an American, an American brewer. Got a, a sour by them. And I, you know, I didn't, I didn't finish the whole thing, but I drank the majority of it. And then it genuinely did yeah. wake my palate up a bit. I was like, oh, I can genuinely go back and enjoy mm. hops again now. Because you, you do get yeah. a bit hot yeah, now. Yeah, definitely. I think. And, and I think, so maybe there's like a use case for sours in the middle of sessions as well. Yeah. That I certainly yet. try and mix it up a little bit with sours, with me going towards sours rather than stouts. And and Johnny from from Rainville, the the bottle shop that's near to me, but a lot of people have been been ordering from online recently. He says mm-hmm. the same is if you go to an a beer, if you go to a beer festival or once you've had a few New England or hoppy beers, they kind of start blending into one. It's they get a bit like you say, you get hops out. They all start becoming the same a little bit. So he yeah. he either splits things up with sours or stouts, or will predominantly stay with sours and stouts, and then have a hoppy one in between, and then go back to sours and stouts. So it's I guess again it's that it's how you yeah how your palate and how you how you want to spend a session drinking drinking beers really, but that again neatly and quite swiftly moved into to what I've been drinking with with last night is I cracked my kind of the mango triple fruit would go from north um so I I had a can of that which oh, I, yeah. I finally cracked open last night and that was one of the few beers that I shared with Anna because she does drink beer and if you were at Arundel 
which you might not have realised, but at the end of the night, she was a little bit worse wear at the end of Arundel because she'd been drinking stouts a lot of the session, which when we first turned up, Mark yeah. basically thrust a, a full glass of the, the stout he was serving with a marshmallow in. Here you go. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to sup that, but by all means, and I, can, and I can knock herself out. And she loved that. So she started as she meant to go on um, and, she, and she loves stouts, but from a lot of the hoppy stuff, we don't generally share. But when, when I picked this kind of mango, triple fruit would go, which was like, you're not drinking that without me. So we did um, we did split that last night. And what North can do with a triple fruited goes stroke sour like that is just ridiculous. It's it's crazy what they can actually do and actually call a beer. It's it's four and a half. It's well, yeah. You know, but... it's four and a half percent of just breakfast mango juice with a bit of booziness in it which is just it's crazy it's absolutely crazy and and have you with you not drinking sours have you have you picked this up at all or well john actually johnny from rainville right, sent okay. me one by accident <laughs> i i i ordered from rainville back when he had to message you on instagram and yeah. send him a list of what you wanted and he sent me the mango mm. tfg and Honestly, mm. I wouldn't have bought it if it was like, you know, if I'd known it was available, yeah. I wouldn't have put it in my list. But we drank it and I was like, how mm. is crazy, isn't it? I, I honestly mm. couldn't it's, get my it's head crazy around and... it. But it was, yeah, it's, it's something I'll yeah. be and, looking And for from in a point of view of what the what the next TFG is that they put out, because looking back at the, again, to Arundel's without wanting to kind of wear it out a little bit with, with um, the boysenberry one that Mark was pouring, again, that that's beer. It's it's just been chucked around like it's pop or juice, and a is a, a is a palate cleanser between yeah. between different beers. But b is something just to soak in in the sun and just keep drinking. It's crazy that that is actually beer, and what they do with that, it's just it's just like magic. It's it's absolutely incredible, and and Anna loved it as well. Which is again, I kind of use her as a barometer. Really, if she likes a beer, then I must you know it must be on something good because otherwise she'd just be like, oh no, that's not for me, sort of thing. But she loved it. I loved it, and that mm. I could I could have quite easily sat and drank can and can after can of that, and easily you could have drank that on a morning. Is just it's yeah, it's just mango juice. People would have honestly believed you that that was just mango juice and not beer. It's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And certainly from what they put out next of their next goes, which I don't know if they've said what it's going to be or if they've got any coming up. I haven't noticed anything recently, but I'll be I'll be jumping all over that, and certainly picking a can or two of that up so would you would you pick their next next release up of tfg would you reckon or yeah yeah when it, whatever whatever of theirs comes out on triple hop i pretty on a premier hop sorry yeah. i'd pretty much go for now like i'm, <laughs> I'm a north convert yeah. and, and a goes convert yeah, so. i mean they're they're kind of they're bossing it really at the minute aren't they i mean i've got the um the the triple hops triple which i'm i'm gonna drink this week and i think i'm gonna have that tomorrow but what they're putting out again is just just in general is crazy the 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 upward trajectory that they're on at the moment is it just doesn't seem to stop does it no it's they're moving faster than mm, anyone else certainly I can see. To... and deservedly yeah. oh the yeah stuff is great quality like i've not had no, a bad beer no, one i think ever. i think the, the only one that i haven't enjoyed wholly necessarily was the one they did with brew york the red west coast ipa which i wasn't a huge fan of but again that was just because it wasn't wasn't my thing. It's not because it was a bad beer, but everything else is. Yeah, that's just that's. I I didn't get that because mm, I know yeah. it's just not my style. I you know, I, I wouldn't have any doubts that it's fantastically well made. I just mm. know that I wouldn't appreciate it, so yeah. I just avoid. And that's like that, it. Really. And and you know, it's 
they clearly got a market for for what they what they're putting out there, and a lot of people have enjoyed it. So for people who enjoy that sort of thing, it was clearly it was clearly ticking boxes. So again, I've not seen I don't think I've ever seen anybody drain pour and off beer from what I've been seeing. And I think if they did, it'd be a, it'd be a crime given now we're given our yeah. Give, oh, imagine the dare. backlash. I think I think they'd be banned from Instagram if yeah. they did that. So yeah, oh, there'd be some oh, vitriol there for sure. And Moving on to the to the second beer that I had, I had the I had all these yesterday actually. Um, was uh, a Munsden Euphoric Mind, which was a seven percent New England IPA, but hopped, which mm. I think must have been hopped quite heavily with our good friend Sabro or Sabro, however you want to pronounce it. Yeah, so I Sabro, yeah. I have actually quite enjoyed Sabro since it's become a, a thing, shall we say. And the beers that I've had with it in, I've actually quite enjoyed. I've I've quite enjoyed that uniqueness that it brings to a beer. You know that pina coladery sort of coconutty flavour, but also the yeah, yeah the coconut and lime it, it gives some, it's yeah. something else. And and I get a little bit of what I got with this. I got almost a bit of like mintiness from it as well, but also like it was weird. The the beer also felt like it had a bit of like chili, like a bit of spice in it as well, which was really hard to explain but certainly from the sabro you could you could you could tell that it was in there and and again i really like it i'm i'm not and which is weird for me because i don't like a lot of coconut flavors or aromas i I don't eat i don't eat coconut but i like its smell so it's more just i don't like the texture of coconut more than anything but from what sabro has brought to the beers that i've had it in i've certainly enjoyed it and this again for what it brought to what you'd think of a New England IPA can be quite a, a uniform or you, you know what to expect from that style, which I didn't actually know it had Sabro in it when I bought it. Actually. I was quite surprised when I when I saw it in it, when I looked at the can before I drank it. And it was a really nice surprise. It was really, it was really nice. But it, it had a lot of lactose in it as well, which again, for a New England IPA, it was for a lot of lactose and it was a bit a bit odd, which I don't think it, it necessarily needed that. Um, I think it more of if it was like a, a more of a milkshake, IPA, shall we say, it might have might have needed it, but I don't think it necessarily needed it. But it made it smooth, you know, with with obviously what what lactose it can make it a yeah, it makes it a yeah, nice mouth, mouth, feel. nice feel and smoothness to it. But but yeah, I'm I'm a I'm a fan of uh, a Sabro at the moment. So what have, what are your thoughts on on Sabro in in beer? I really mm. liked Sabro when it first came out. And then I really went off Sabro because it seemed like everyone was using it and no one was yeah. really using it well. And I think Sabro has a thing where when it's fresh, it like, you know, when people describe mm-hmm. beer as yeah, being yeah. green, as in the hops yeah. haven't had a chance to settle yet. I found that all of the Sabro stuff that I was having was like consistently green. And Sabro's got a very unique way of expressing mm. being green. And it's kind of like, Mm, like a kind of acrid Murray yeah. mint is what I got from it. And I was like, I just, I'm not mm. sure that I really like this. But, you know, again, it could have just been my palate at the time and it could have been a really, it could have been just an unfortunate set of circumstances that led me there. But now I really love it. Like that Finback mm. uh, collab with Wylam, paying the price on my smooth ride, like yeah. big Sabro vibe on that. The Pomona Island, same thing we do every night, you know, the kind of light brown mm. cam with the two mice on it absolutely mm. buckets of sabro and that and that was glorious like i've mm. i've come right back around and it's to that, it. it's it's that flavor profile like you say what people like at the time but i have got that wildman finn back in in the fridge which matt drinks beer kindly sent to me uh this week i think they arrived so again i think i might have 
Yeah, lovely. Yeah, great Love guy, Matt. great guy. I think I'm having that tonight, and I think I'm going to have the North Triple Hop Triple tomorrow. So I think we're going to have both this weekend. So is, is that the is that the dipper there on the triple and the fin back and wild one? That's the dipper, isn't it? I think is that right? Or yeah, yeah, yeah. dipper. Yeah, yeah. So I think it's at eight point nine though. Yeah. It's not just a standard. Yeah, it's pushing eight. it, isn't it's a it? Bigger, bigger. Yeah, so I'm gonna have that yeah, tonight. Fantastic. Yeah, yeah so I'm gonna have that tonight, tomorrow. and then I'm gonna have the triple tomorrow. I think so. I'm gonna kind of think two, two of the biggies, the the more recent sort of hype beers that have, have been out there this this weekend because I've, I've realised I'm getting a bit of a stash building up. So <laughs> I want to uh, I want to get through them and then supple whilst are still there. Uh, Still on the peak. So, um, the last one that Absolutely. I wanted to mention really was a beer that a, I want to mention more because of the name, and B that I also bought because of the name is the Christian Bale Ale by Dry and Bitter. Um, yeah, yeah. So, oh, I mean, Bitter. I'm yeah. I'm a massive Batman fan, and of Christian Bale as Batman, I think for me is the, is the best iteration certainly that I've seen in a long time before. Sort of Keaton or after Keaton, shall we say? And that can with the sort of the comic book. Yeah, yeah. Post Keaton era, and that can with that label of that comic book style and the fact that it's just a christian bale ale is just was just great i had to i had to pick it up and i picked that up from beer 52 uh actually i, I my uh, one of my neighbors sent mm-hmm. me a, a discount code for using his amex so i had to I had to pick that up and a single hop from what i can see in the description of a of mosaic mosaic pale at 4.6 percent which for me mosaic is one of my favorite hops which i know mosaic can is one of them that people tend to lean one way or the other to not as much as Sabro, but can divide opinion, shall we say. But I used it in, yeah, yeah from the, the smell. I know people get sometimes some unpleasant aromas or taste from from it when they've when they've uh, when they've drank a beer. But it's a hop that I love, and I love the flavour and the aroma of it, of it. And I mentioned this before on the on the podcast. But again, the beer that I was intended to brew for the wedding, I we hopped that a lot with Mosaic because that. The, the batch that Mark got from the brewery horse with where we brewed it was just smelling incredible. And the result is the beer tastes incredible for it. But this, again, that single hot mosaic profile, it w- was great on this one. And it's just, it's a great hop to use, I think, mosaic. It's just a great hop in terms of, you know, the, the flavours that you get from it, that floral, fruity, but the sweetness as well that you get from it as well. It's just something a little bit, it just adds a little bit something extra. And certainly to get a beer that, showcases that on its own this I, I really enjoyed this so it's i think it gets lost sometimes in the, the sort of the bigger hops that that you see out there you know like the the citra etc i think it sometimes gets pushed to one side sometimes but for me I, I really do like a good single hot mosaic or a mosaic showcase beer shall we say if it's been hopped with other hops as well but when it's that's the the showcase hop i do tend to lean towards that so it was something that i um I really, really enjoyed, but yeah, from from a naming point of view, I, I think it was great. So it's kind of it's kind of up there with the beers that Brewy York put out there with you know the rhubarb and etc. I think it was a, a great yeah, yeah. The, the the goose Willis yeah, yeah. or juice you know, Willis. I, is it? I, I've always wanted to ask them: does do the names come first or the beers? Which I've still not got around to asking them. When I, when I next go over, me. Yeah, oh, I, yeah. I think we know the answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, can, what can we make around that? So. It's, but I'd be interested to see yeah. if they've got like a, a list of beers in front of them of say like 10 or 20 names, right? Want to do this, 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 and we need to find a beer style around it. And that's what we're doing. Or if it just comes natural, sort of thing. So, but yeah, but I really enjoyed that. And like I say, the name alone, I, I just had to buy it on the name. Been a, been a huge, a huge Batman fan. I had to, I had to jump into that. So that was, uh, that was one for me. But I think I've got another sure. dry and bitter in the, in the fridge at the moment is it the 
West Coast IPA by them, I think, that I've got in there. Um, but yeah, it's again a brewer that I've, I've never really had before. So to have a couple of their beers at one time is um, is interesting to see what, what they've got going on. Because they're from Europe, part of the European dry bits, I think, are they like Swedish or something? Yeah, yeah. Uh, they're like, Scandi, yeah. I think. Yeah, they're over. Yeah. I mean, they're one of the Scandi breweries that I'd seek out. Mm. They're up there with yeah, Gamma yeah. for me. Definitely. You know, they've made some like double dippy do if you if you see that around. It's an incredibly daft name, but it was mine and also Matt Drinks Beer's kind of surprise mm. beer of the year last year. Like we found it at our we we have the same local bottle shop because we mm. live quite, quite close to each other. And we both picked one up from there at, around the same time with you know no experience of it, very little expectations, and we're just absolutely yeah. Yeah, blown away yeah, by and it. Again, it's, yeah, definitely so it's again, it's that kind out. of brewers popping up from from relatively nowhere or just finding them on a whim and just and then again that's the beauty of it for me is just picking up a beer on a, on a whim and then enjoying it is is just part of the experience isn't it so you know to, to then find a brewery that put out some good beers to then become one of your beers that, or breweries that you normally look out for is is a great feeling so so for me I'll see what yeah. that West Coast about and then um, and then go from there and see what else they're putting out there and hopefully pick some more up in the future um, but that quite nicely brings us to to what we the end of what we we had to talk about i think there really so it's been a a good blend of u.s juice the kind of the the resident u.s juice expert i think out of from my uh my uh, <laughs> I, I definitely <laughs> compared, can't to, compared to me certainly anyway i mean i've got um beer miyagi kind of sent me a kind of the citra cutting tiles which you mentioned earlier you know the trillium one so i've got that in in the fridge yeah. so he kind of sent me yeah, that yeah. recently so that's my first Trillium, I think, that I'm going to have had when I drink that. Um, and certainly, for me, if I can get hold of some American stuff in the future, I'll, I'll certainly look out for it. But I'm still very much a, a novice of, of US juice because I rely on festivals to, to usually drink US US beers, really, you know, like Hop City and things, which I'd intended to go to, to last month, uh, which was unfortunately cancelled, which I didn't I didn't go to friends and family. Yeah. But Hop City is usually one of mine that I'll... Uh, one of my staple festivals, shall we say, so... Next year, definitely, that's um, that's on the list up there to to go to. But but yeah, but thank you, uh, thank you for joining. Anyway, Charlie, it's been it's been great to uh, have a have a natter with you. Like I say, considering that we uh, we we may or may have not have ended up meeting at some point whilst we were there. It's um, it's it's nice to have had a, a proper chat outside of, or certainly a chat that we'll remember. Anyway, that's the that's the main thing, isn't it? Really, I suppose. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. That's of a, a verbal conversation. Hopefully, once this is. Uh, once this whole thing's over and if we have a, a reunion of people who went to Arundel at, at Daya or whatever it may be, hopefully we'll uh, we'll cross paths and be able to actually meet in person at some point soon. But in in, in the meantime, for, for you and also Craft Kang Gang, where can people find you online on Instagram? Yeah, just at Charlie Perfect. anyone or we'll at Craft Kang Gang. Um, but yeah, but thanks, thanks for thanks for joining, mate. We, we'll, uh, it's been a, it's been a pleasure, and we'll uh, we'll be able to continue our our conversations over Instagram in, in the meantime. But uh, it's been a pleasure to chat. Um, for any comments, questions, feedback, anything like that, and if if you don't follow me on on Instagram, I'm at points underscore of underscore brew on both Instagram and Twitter. Um, if you want to send anything to me, by all means, feel free to send a, a message on either of those channels. But by all means. If you prefer to do so, I have got an email address or any email address even at pointsofbrew at gmail.com. But until next time, guys, thank you very much. And Charlie, it's been a pleasure, but thank you for joining. And I'll uh, speak to you again soon.